Hello, everyone, and welcome to this Kubernetes Unpacked podcast episode. My name is Christina Devochko. My name is Michael Levan. And today we're going to chat with Arsh Sharma uh, about building developer environments to improve developer experience for Kubernetes. Hello, Arsh. Welcome. Thanks for finding the time to join us. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm super excited. Thanks for having me here. Likewise. So um, the discussion is very interesting, I need to say, because the topic of complexity of Kubernetes uh, for developers has been ongoing for quite some time now. Um, what are uh, maybe we can just start by sharing like your thoughts uh, around it? What do you what do you think about it? Is it true that everyone is, or not everyone, but quite many are out there and talking a lot about it being too complex and increasing too much cognitive load onto developers. Do you agree with those statements? I definitely wholeheartedly agree with those. I think like in the community, people have been talking about just how hard Kubernetes is for DevOps people themselves. And that's why we see a lot of, you know, projects and companies just providing abstraction on top of Kubernetes. And this is when we are talking about folks from a DevOps or SRE background, right? They have dealt with like, these kind of systems. But when you talk about developers, they may, they have not dealt with infrastructure. They have not had to deal with that before, right? Because when we were building these monolithical applications, they would just run things like locally and everything was simple. But ever since, you know, containers started coming into the picture and we started merging dev and ops, then developers, you know, started to get into this world of containers slowly, but it didn't stop there. Soon we started expecting them to, you know, debug like Kubernetes issues with their application deployments when they are working and all of that. And that takes like a massive load on you because, you know, learning and keeping up with a tool like Kubernetes is is really tough. So having to do that on top of like writing code, that is a huge cognitive load, I feel. Yes, I uh, I can totally agree with that. At least I'm coming from developer background myself. And um, for me, transitioning to working more with the DevOps space and Kubernetes as well, what, which I started for quite a few years ago, that was kind of exciting because I wanted to transition in that area. But I can imagine that uh, not every developer is interested necessarily in that um, and putting that responsibility on uh, operating, for instance, Kubernetes clusters or debugging uh, things that may go wrong with the application in the Kubernetes clusters for some developers can quickly become overwhelming if we don't provide them any help uh, and simplification around that. Yeah, totally. How many times like have we seen that instance where you are like deploying to staging and there's some application level error and like sys admin or like the admin side says that we don't know it's like application specific and the developers are like okay send me the logs the sre team is like okay run this kubectl command to get the logs the developers are like i don't have kubectl and like it's just a like we tried to marry these two worlds together but we you know like forgot that people have like other concerns and this is like some introducing each new piece of technology like takes time away from just like what you could have spent on like writing more code or pushing more fixes. And that time you're devoting to learning a new technology, which isn't 
as easy as people assume it is. Yeah, I think the, uh, you know, thinking about the whole like platform engineering versus DevOps engineering conversation, uh, I always like to sum it up as like DevOps, even though it, it kind of attempted to join these two worlds together, developers still had to learn the platforms and the tools um, and they still had to learn, you know, the, the hard stuff, right? Whereas, uh, you know, thinking about platform engineering, you know, the whole idea is to abstract that hard stuff away and give them an easier method of, you know, working with things like Kubernetes and all of that stuff. And I, I guess, you know, one of my, one of my big questions that I'm always kind of asking myself and asking others is we keep putting all of these, these layers of abstraction and like, in your opinion, Arsh, what, at what point is too much abstraction? Because I think there is some, you know, ceiling that will hit where it's like, oh, okay, everything is abstracted to the point that the underlying stuff, if something goes wrong, is there somebody that actually knows how to fix it? Um, and I, you know, it, not not to go off on a tangent, but now my head is kind of racing a little bit on this topic. Um, I, I feel like, you know, with the cloud, for example, right, like we had this abstraction of VMs and of services, but there are people on the background fixing it right because like it's it's a it's a service that we're utilizing so somebody is managing said service underneath but like with kubernetes for example whether it's managed kubernetes or on-prem or whatever there are engineers in your location in your company responsible for that underlying piece not microsoft or or aws or google or something so it's like if we keep putting this abstraction, you know, uh, in your opinion, are we going to reach a point where it's like, oh, this is too much? I think this is where we start into the conversation that like individual companies and teams need to invest in having like a platform team. And it is this team's like ownership to set up this platform and provide an abstraction level. So for developers, I feel like there is, I, I personally feel there should be like no ceiling, like as much as you can abstract of Kubernetes containers for them, do it because it's not their job. But for the platform team, that's where I feel the ownership should lie. So mm -hmm. if things go wrong or if like, you know, you, you said like you hit some issues, then the platform team is the team which should have all of these solutions. Now, I feel like in a lot of orgs, like there's not always a platform engineering team and a lot of organizations have recognizing its importance and investing in it, but still it's just like DevOps or like engineers who deal with production infrastructure, they deal with it. Now that's like a, that, that approach I feel like works when you're at a smaller scale, like when you're a startup, but I feel like as companies grow into bigger and bigger companies, they need to invest in like a dedicated platform team mm. or a developer experience team, as some organizations like to call it, which is solely responsible for creating and managing these abstractions. Got it. So essentially what you're saying is there is a team that is responsible for knowing uh, the platform as in-depth as possible. It's not the dev team. It's not every other team that's using Kubernetes. Mm -hmm. It's the platform engineering team. So the platform engineering team, they still have to be, you know, the Kubernetes experts. They still have to dive as deep as possible into Kubernetes, understand every fine grain piece of Kubernetes. That way they can create the abstractions on top so everybody else doesn't have to 
you know, go as in depth as, as you know, the platform engineering team. Yep, totally. And it's not, I don't think like the platform team needs to have like solid expertise in Kubernetes because that's where uh, other like projects like CNCF projects like backstage or other things start to come into picture because they help you like, you know, build this experience. So the platform team sure needs to have like an understanding of Kubernetes on a level, which is much higher than developers and they need to be able Mm -hmm. to fix things. But I feel like there are a lot of like companies and projects backstage might not be the best example here, but like other projects and companies have started to emerge, which make things easier for these platform teams. That's, that's like true for like production also, right? You don't expect like a, production Kubernetes engineer to have like know everything about Kubernetes, right? They leverage tools like Argo CD or whatever. Mm -hmm. So there are tools to make lives easier, but yeah, I feel the ownership still should lie with the platform team. Right. Yeah. It makes sense. I, I guess that much abstraction is it's one of those things where it's like, you know, I work on Kubernetes day in and day out every day. And there are still things that I'm always learning about Kubernetes because it's just such a huge platform and there's so many different things that kind of go into and stuff like that. But what I what I will say is, you know, regardless of the layers of abstraction that you have, if you're using, you know, to your point, if you're using Backstage for the for the IDP piece, if you're using Argo CD for the GitOps piece, um, you know, service mesh, that way you don't have to worry about, you know, uh, figuring out tools for network latency and overall encryption and stuff like that. I just, you know, my my fear is that even though all of these tools are still on top, there's still clusters underneath and maybe there are going to be smaller teams, you know, maybe three to five clusters, give or take that they don't have to be experts. But then, you know, if we look at a, a case of like Mercedes, for example, and they're running over a thousand Kubernetes clusters, they, they got to have experts in house to run all that, you know, regardless of the layers of abstraction. I think it it is definitely a question of, scale but like i don't have much information about like <laughs> obviously mercedes setup but do you feel that like cloud providers make that thing easier or solve that problem sure you would you can now argue that this whole situation comes to a very to something that organization needs to take a decision about because it's all about investment in one way or another okay. that's why we we discuss do you really need Kubernetes? Because you need to understand what this requires from you to be able to succeed with this. And maybe for some organizations, this will be too much. Maybe they do not have enough budget to, for instance, um, involve external consultants, or they don't have enough budget to have a separate platform team either. But then they need to understand that Either they need to find someone who would know how to maintain those clusters, even if those are a managed Kubernetes service, because in that case, cloud providers do take some of the responsibility, but don't they don't take the whole responsibility. Like, of course, this is one burden less for you to not need to maintain the control plane, for example, but it's still a lot of work to maintain even the user workloads, the worker nodes. It's still a lot of work to secure and harden and properly make it work at a production scale. So you would still know how to do that on a daily basis. And you can't put that responsibility on developers just because you think that it's a cool tech. Then you need to look into, could serverless be a possibility in your case, or maybe different pass services that may be available. So this is something, from my experience at least, 
this is something that organizations need to think about before uh, before they start going going ahead with it uh, or if they they can also consider uh, looking into the platform offerings that come from like other other providers that can maintain that platform for you and then developers and you as a consumer only focus on building containers uh, containerizing your applications and getting those out but that vendor handles for instance all the kubernetes complexity for you so you don't need to build an internal developer platform yourself for example but it comes with a cost uh, there as well so it's from what i see it's it will be an investment in one way or another so you would just need to figure out as an organization where would you like to put your money and effort and time into we've seen like uh, so many cases of like organizations you know investing too much in just like building their own platform or their own abstraction for kubernetes and that has become like uh, it sounds very fun to do at the start because it's like a really cool project you have a lot of engineers who are excited to build this and provide this to the team but not what people forget to think about is that it's not just about building it you need people to maintain it as well you need people who are able to upgrade things when like kubernetes releases updates and not just that you need to ensure that this knowledge is distributed right because like let's say you have a three people team who build this platform and like two of them switch jobs you are stuck now like this is a very like i have seen this scenario in like two three companies i know like you get stuck as an organization so i totally agree with what you said like there are all these considerations you know you need to think of before choosing a solution yeah i think uh well so for for starters i've never heard an organization say we use managed Kubernetes service in the cloud and now we don't have to uh, worry about it anymore. So, you know, it's <laughs> true. It, it, I, I'll, I'll make a statement and, you know, I'm, I'm curious, you know, both of your thoughts on it. But I, I would argue that a managed Kubernetes service in the cloud, AKS, EKS, GKE, whatever, it's only managing a very small percentage of what Kubernetes, of what you actually need to do for Kubernetes to work properly. Now, yeah, I mean, you know, etcd and the API server and blah, blah, blah. But that's when, when you think about the world of Kubernetes today, that's such a small piece because here's the thing. Forget about like, you know, the actual infrastructure. We're talking everything from a security perspective. So network policies network traffic, we're talking service mesh, we're talking all of the third-party tools and add-ons, so cost and resource optimization, GitOps. There are so many, because of these layers of abstraction, because of all of these vendors that are coming out and all of these tools that are coming out, now engineers have to worry about learning those tools and learning those platforms and learning how they work and learning the workflows and all of that. So it's, you know, it's it's so hard, right? Because every vendor comes out to solve a specific problem, right? Like their heart is in a good place. They're, they're trying to solve a specific problem. They want to fix something. But then the problem happens where before you know it, you know, engineers have to worry about 20 different third-party tools and add-ons. So now they have to learn all those and now they have to master all those and they have to understand all of those. So it's like, the, the layers of abstraction, regardless of if we're in managed Kubernetes service or if we're running Kubernetes on-prem, it's like 
there has to be some type of breaking point where it's like, okay, this is too much now. And I don't know what that breaking point is because we keep throwing more stuff on top of Kubernetes and it's people seem to be more confused <laughs> than they were a few years ago. Like Kubernetes, in my opinion, it could actually be getting harder now because of all the different things on top of it. Like when Kubernetes first came out, it was super straightforward. Scheduler, boom, take my containers, orchestrate them, go do something with them, boom, that's it, done. Now it's like service mesh, GitOps, cost resource optimization, this cloud, that cloud, on-prem, hybrid, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, whoa, now, now, now we're getting to the point where it's like, it's almost becoming too much. Cost optimization. <laughs> you forgot that as well. Cost, that's yeah, that's exactly. the, that's a really hard one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it's 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 tough. I mean, Arsh, what what are your thoughts there? I mean, is it you know do, do we reach a point where it's like okay, it's too much, and we have one vendor to rule them all, one tool to rule them all? Well, what is it you know, or is this just how it is, and we just we have to have people to manage it, and that's where platform engineers come into play. I don't like the idea of having one vendor to rule them all. And I don't think we'll ever reach a tool to rule it all because like once we do reach that tool, I mean, Kubernetes is supposed to be that tool, right? Then whatever we create to combine all of these tools, we'll start seeing extensions for that. I think this is like, this is not something Kubernetes specific. This is in general, like software engineering and system design thing where like, don't try to solve the problems you do not have. Like, Sure, everyone is doing like GitOps or cost optimization right now, but is that a priority for your organization right now? Like when you're just trying to move your containerized workloads to Kubernetes, think about that for a second, okay? And then when you want to get into like, when you've been doing that for a year or so, and now you are like trying to cut costs, then start investing in different things. So don't just like straight away when you're trying to migrate, okay, I'm going to do GitOps, I'm going to do cost optimization. You cannot do that and like, that's that's just not practical. So my advice always is just like what I said, don't solve problems you don't have right now. Right. Makes sense. Yeah, I think and maybe also uh, don't fall into the trap of kind of social media and propaganda in yeah. a way, because if you like, <laughs> yeah. you know, start following the news and what's trendy, you see everyone is pushing that you should do that and you should do that and you should do that. And then you get really you get panic uh, and scared that yes. you need to get all this done uh, here right now if you want to it's, be able to succeed with this. It's kind of like a friend of me told what's happening with like the, uh, you know, fitness industry where you have like, you need to follow a keto diet, you need to do this workout, have this. But like when you're just getting started with fitness, you you just do anything, just do something for 30 minutes, just go for a run or go to gym. Like don't get like too hung on like, you know, technicalities and just not get started. So take it piece by piece and solve the problems you have, which need immediate fixing. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, actually, I really do like that analogy and it's so true. And I feel like that's just kind of how it is with everything in, in today's world, right? It's like, you know, fitness is a great example. Just get out and start a run. But no, it's like you have this supplement and this type of workout and this type of diet and this type of training and this and that. And then people get overwhelmed and it's like, uh oh, I don't know where to start when all you could simply start with is, go eat an apple and then go for a run. Boom, done. And then the same thing with Kubernetes, you know, don't, you know, to your point, don't focus on this or that or this or that. Just focus on, hey, I have a container. I need to run it. It needs to scale. Boom, done. 
and then, you know, kind of start the journey from there and then figure out from a business perspective, like, okay, now we need this. Okay. We do that. Okay. Now we need this. And then we do that versus trying to bring it all in at the same time. And I think circling back to, you know, the idea of the developer experience, um, is that, you know, in your opinion, the key to a proper developer experience in Kubernetes is don't start with everything, start small, start with just what you need, the bare minimum. I think that analogy and discussion fits in more with organizations trying to adopt Kubernetes. Mm -hmm. When I talk about like um, developer experience, what I mean is like have a separation of concerns that would be like, that's my primary focus. Like do not have developers keep up with Kubernetes stuff or what else, whatever else you have going for you on the infra side, try to create a separation of concerns, give them as limited exposure to like Kubernetes as possible, because at the end of the day, like that's not their job. And I feel mm. like this problem, you know, started to emerge with like containers because like, like you were said, like when you started to marry dev and ops, then everyone's like, developers are building these applications. So why not you write the Docker file as well? Why not you build the container as well and just give it to us. And then somehow when, you know, it started, like we started adopting Kubernetes. Okay. So now you're building this container. Why don't you just put it in a deployment and have this config map where all of this configuration lives and then give it to me. And like that starts to create problems. And that's what I mean by developer solving for like developer experience that and other things, which I feel like I have been like, you know, talking about this a lot, uh, that before Kubernetes came to the picture, like things were fast and easy for developers. Like right now, if you, uh, do some work, right. You have to pass so many hurdles for just to get that surety that your code works, right. Like you may have to like, ask for a staging environment, then deploy your app there and test it. If it does not work, then you go back, write code, build containers, do that process again. This is, this is a cumbersome process and it increases the length of the like dev delivery cycle too much. And like, so I think we need solutions to fix these kind of things when it comes to developer experience. Yeah, totally. But I think also when another thing that can be good for the platform engineers or those who will be maintaining those uh, those platforms to think about is kind of close proximity of developer environments to the production environments so that all those unexpected uh, configurational changes <laughs> pop up in production and then you find out that maybe those containers containerized applications were not fully prepared for the production setting. For example, using root users and then uh, suddenly all the policies and compliance checks uh, go go uh, um, yeah, go crazy. <laughs> so uh, this is this is the problem, that? right? Like if you're developing a microservices based application today, you don't have a lot of solutions. So let's say you have like a front end or back end and you're like working on the front end now Either you would just run that front end locally on your machine, but that would mean that like you cannot test the full application or see the effect because you've just run the front end microservice. You've not run the database. You have not run the backend. And then you're not just like being able to get the right feedback. 
or you could try to run off all of that like locally which would like be a huge your machine can be a bottleneck for that and not only that but also like this is also where this is i feel like is a bad development experience like whenever you have to let's say do something on the front and you have to bring all of these like microservices up and it takes time to like spin things up make those connections but like you do that the third option like and even if you do this the problem is that your environment like you said is nothing like production right because you are running these services maybe using docker compose in individual containers but that's still not how things are working in production because kubernetes is not running containers it's running pods and there's deployments on top of that so what i saw like some people doing it then they start you know using tools like kind and minikube when they aren't perfect either and that's when you start to fall into the trap of now developers need to know how to start a kind cluster run kubectl commands to deploy their applications so I feel like there is need of something you know which bridges this gap between dev and production at the same time ensuring that you know developers do not become kubernetes experts don't have to become kubernetes experts totally one thing that i get thinking about as well is what often comes up which is a significant difference between a production and developer environment is that is the cost aspect and the complexity aspect because then you would also need to think about how to balance that when you have a production environment that can be more costly potentially and not every organization would want to they they would see developer environment or test environment as a possibility to spare cost so how uh, how would you balance how would you balance that uh, as well and is it is it possible at all uh it's a tough decision like we were talking about a lot of these decisions are in when you start using kubernetes but i've seen like people just stick with you know like one staging environment and then uh it's like developers fighting for access to that staging environment one person deploys their application does something and then if someone else has to use it they have to clean the environment delete resources and all of that so that's not practical uh what i have been like uh, excited by these days is this idea of like ephemeral environments so it's like you have an environment and it's spins up super fast maybe it uses k3s or something else but it's meant to be ephemeral so you do your work on it and then you delete it and that way like you ensure that developers have access to dev environments when they need it and at the same time like you are not spending too much on this so that's something i'm excited by in the space makes sense mm. So the the I think what it comes down to then in your opinion is you know the developer experience equals ensure that you have proper separation of you know concerns of control of who's doing what um, to make everybody's lives a little bit easier and to you know ultimately help out your entire team. Yep, I think that there have been a few good points. I guess you summed up that very well right now, Michael. Unless uh, Arsh, you have any additional hints or recommendations that you could share in this very last minute for those who uh, consider simplifying developer experience a priority when working with Kubernetes? Is there anything else you could you could recommend them to think about? I think it, Michael, summed it up like pretty brilliantly like 
just ensure you have a separation of concerns ensure you're not trying to do everything all at once and please ensure that the solution you are investing in is sustainable and have separation of concerns that's like my biggest advice like if you are trying to think about development experience perfect well arsh thank you so much and with that i would love to give you the opportunity to please plug away anything that you'd like to plug whether it's a blog or your company or video or or anything you'd like social media um thank you again like for having me this was like a wonderful conversation um if you if anyone has any questions after this podcast like please feel free to reach out to me on twitter i am at the rate rinkyagedad or if you just search my name i think it should come uh but other than that like if you are investing into development experience and dev environments check out octeta it's the company i work at we do ephemeral kubernetes based dev environments it could be a solution to the problems you have been looking at but other than that i like write blogs so you can check out my website arsharma.com if you would like to read more about kubernetes stuff awesome thank you so much really appreciate you coming on great thank you thank you arsh and thanks everyone for thank listening you.